Hello. Hello, it's Alex here and Kiki. On this episode, we're going back to school to talk about babies. Jack Godfrey and Martha Geelan join us to talk about their newborn musical. How they balance laugh out loud comedy with heartfelt emotion in the show. And why it's so important to make the most of every opportunity to share new work with audiences. Welcome to Making, Making a, a Musical, musical the, the Future of British Musical, musical Theatre. Kiki, I think I'm having a contraction. I'm sorry, you're having a what? A contraction. We're giving birth today. Did you know? We're giving birth <laughs> to a new musical? To a new musical. <laughs> I should say we're not giving birth. That would be giving us far more credit than, <laughs> than we should ever be entitled to. Um, today we have got Jack Godfrey and Martha Geelan, who are the composer and lyricist and book writer and director of Babies. Let's start from the beginning yeah. about how Babies was conceived very nice oh, that was good. Mm. See, we did that. usually oh, alex did that. does the puns mm. but that was that was good, did you come prepared it? with that today? no i absolutely did not <laughs> you guys want to roll today i hope there's gonna be more of these yeah. puns oh gosh okay. no pressure <laughs> um well um oh gosh so it started with an email mm-hmm. um as all great musicals as do. all great musicals do uh me and jack had never met but we'd heard about each other before and then i received an email in like july 2020 um from this famous jack godfrey being like Happy Happy Tuesday. Yeah. Um, we get it, we get the email out sometimes, yeah. and we enjoy reading it. Um, and yeah, basically, we just were like chatting provisionally about something, and then Jack was like, "Oh, I've sort of got this idea about something. Would you maybe want to?" Because I'm I was only a director previously. Like I've done writing before, but I've never written a musical before. But I've done a lot of dramaturgy with other writers, worked a lot in new musical development, um, and was kind of always thinking, "Oh, maybe one day I'll write the book for a musical if the right thing comes along." And yeah, right, right thing came along. So we started um, applying for the BYMT New Music Theatre Award, which obviously got delayed and delayed and delayed because of COVID. But eventually we went to the in-person finals in like April 2021 um, and we won, which was great. Um, so just yeah. to pause, for people listening who may not know, BYMT is yes. British Youth Music Theatre. Sure is. Um, we've not yet had a show on the podcast that has collaborated with BYMT even though they do a massive amount of work in new musicals yeah so will you just give us a little bit more information on on that actual application process what they were looking for and and yeah a little bit more just in case somebody else was like oh maybe that's something I should investigate yeah, yeah sure. I think I think it's something they do every two years um it's like the new music theater award uh, and we were kind of like, I think early stages, we were like, we'll just enter this competition. Like, why not? Uh, yeah. And if we win, then it's a sign that we should work together and write the show. <laughs> yeah. And if we don't win, then it's a sign that we probably shouldn't. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I yeah. feel like it was one of those where we had to prepare a, I think it was like a 15 minute pitch. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, was it two songs? Early on, we just and... had to write, a, not just, we had to write a synopsis. Right. Okay. Yeah. And two songs. Yeah. Three songs. Yes. That Two was like, songs. That was a kind of first round, which was like a digital yeah. round. Which mm. we suddenly just like found ourselves getting really into because Babies is obviously an original story. So it was like, where do you even start? You know, have this very, very loose concept. Yeah. Like how many, you know, how many people are in it? What kind of a musical is it? What kind of form is it going to take? Like what kind of music is it going to be? Which mm. I think is probably one of the first things that we found was the style of music, I would say. Yeah, I think because everything else was a bit nebulous. And the the other thing about this award, obviously, is that when you're writing a show for BYMT, you're writing for a cast of maybe 30, yeah. 35. You don't know what, like... Kids, you don't know, like, what that group is going to be, like, how old they're going to be, all of those things. So I think part of this was that we had this, we were kind of formulating the idea for the show. But um, it the version that we had in our heads at that point wasn't necessarily a 30-person cast show. Mm. 
Um, it was more like the version that we yeah, have now. Of which we'll so we were kind bit, of but... like writing a, a pitch for a show that we were like, we feel like this, you know, it's a show about school, so we can do a version that involves 30 people, but that's not necessarily the version that we had in our heads, yeah. you know, at the very beginning. But yeah, so what happened was we won, we won the competition in April, which was amazing. And yeah. then we were like, great, now we have two months, <laughs> essentially, to it's like song a day to Jack. write the rest of the show <laughs> yeah it was a really uh speedy process it kind of feels like that has been the way that we've developed this show yeah just in general has been these kind of like bursts of yeah. writing and also what's great i should say about bymt and kind of why we ended up going down this route first of all we we both love working with young people we love making stuff for young people um telling stories about young people um we kind of felt like there was a slight um, I suppose like gap in the musical theatre market for a story about teenagers of this age. I feel like you have a lot of stuff about teenagers who are like perhaps a bit older, mm. 17, 18, like uh, played by people who are a bit older. Um, and then you also have obviously like loads of amazing kids musicals like Matilda, all about Annie, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and we love the idea of making something about tweens, mm. like that sort of 15, 14, 15 year old, um, not a kid, definitely not an adult like and stuck in that kind of like limbo of deciding which one like being both at the same time mm-hmm. um and all all the young people we were working with were around that age and so we were like well this is amazing because you've got this two-week intensive of like basically developing something with a group of people who it's for and about so you know and and they were pretty like they were very honest you know if mm. i if and not not honest like outspoken but like they'd read a a scene that I'd done for example and if they tripped over any words I was like that's because they would never say that (laughs) so that line's gone like they would just if they don't know if that doesn't come naturally to them speaking then it's not the right line should we because we have I don't think we've really said like what the show is about should we do we give the like go on then yeah Yeah. Baby's the Musical Baby's the Musical in its current form is about (laughs) uh nine year 11 students uh, so 15 16 year olds who have to look after robot baby simulator dolls for a week a school week um, as part of a teen pregnancy project in their school. And we basically follow these nine different uh, kids as they become parents to these fake babies over the course of a week. And it kind of follows their relationships with their babies and their relationships with each other, the kind of friendships uh, and rivalries and relationships and how they are all affected by this project and and the ways that they they you know how seriously they take the project it all gets a bit kind of like lord of the flies yeah chaos ensues <laughs> also, the goes on. also it's um also their relationships with their own offstage parents yes so everyone on stage is 15 um but there is the ever presence of all of their own parents and what that how that informs how they parent themselves and like who they are that's just such a like fruitful time for drama I feel like everything is just it also is like cool to us in terms of like being musical theatre fans that like inherently being a teenager is so high stakes and so expressive and often like music um, particularly the style of music that is in this show is like a huge outlet for um you know, all the feelings that you feel so intensely all the time. Um, and so putting that group of people in a musical felt kind of like it was the right form for them to express this story. Yeah. And I feel, I feel like there's a kind of, there's obviously musicals ex- that exist like Heather's or Mean Girls where it's like set in a school, but the, the, the actors on stage are very clearly not, uh, young mm-hmm. people and then you know they're obviously the actors that we've cast in our show aren't 15 and 16 years old there's a certain amount of training that you need to be able to to perform the the show as we've written it but 
uh, I think it's really important that the the and literal when, licensing laws as and, well. and and, and the as law. someone who's worked with the kids, yes. <laughs> yeah, that's a very good point. Don't want to be directing it three times. Thank you very much. Yeah, well, exactly, exactly. But but it, something that's been really important to us is that it really feels like you're watching young people in yeah. the show, and it, and and it, there's something about trying to write a show about. Uh, kids in school that feels as kind of naturalistic and as real as possible yeah. as opposed to a kind of like caricatured um, version of school that we often see in you know tv and, and on stage and we love and we love but that yeah, as well I, we I suppose that, that we talk about sometimes as if the scenes could exist in a tv show and that the songs are what transports us to being a musical is that kind of right yeah I'll take I feel it. like yeah I feel like that's sort of <laughs> definitely been my aim anyway with writing some of the dialogue is that it could exist in a different medium as well um well yeah, having absolutely. having seen the workshop what how many months ago was that now <laughs> um i got that impression as well we walked out and then we were saying that had, was very reminiscent of like heartstopper sex education yeah which you know everyone loves can and and no matter what age, you know, you feel that that connection and you want to be a part of these young people's lives. Yeah. So, yeah, that same sort of relationship. I I personally definitely felt with, with those characters. So that's very exciting. And I feel like you're right. You've, you've tapped into a gap in the market, which isn't there. And so take us forward from the BYMT workshop run. How do you then progress? You're looking for a producer. I'd worked as a as an associate director with like amazing producers for a while before we did this. So, and Jack has obviously been developing his other shows. So we respectfully both were like, let's just invite literally everyone we know, anyone who's ever showed any interest interest in us as people. And um, two of the people who came were James Lane and Emma Govan, who uh, work at Crossroads and Indigo. Um, and, um, they were, it was, it was amazing. They basically were just like afterwards, they were like, yeah, cool. So we, we want this. <laughs> um, <laughs> literally we, like having a drink. We the were just theater. having a drink. They were like, we want this. <laughs> um, we think this could be a hit. So can we, can, can we meet you when the moment you're back in London? We, we wrote this pitch for BYMT being like, well, maybe like this will work. And if it doesn't, then it's fine. And then we got yeah. that. And then we finished doing the show in Ipswich and James and Ed are like, we'd like to to help you develop this into we a commercial like, show. And we're like, huh, okay, might as well cool. give it a go. Yeah, it's, sure. It's odd. I think that like some of the other things that I've worked on, I've like had such a, like a clear vision from the beginning of like, this is the arc that it's going to go on. Yeah. And this show really feels like it's been such a, like a, an incredible surprise at every stage. Yeah. Not that, that I don't believe in the show. And I think it's like, it has such potential and I feel really proud of the work that we've done but it has been one of those things where at every stage like some it's just kept going yeah I think it's kind of because we love it so much and it feels mm. so personal like yeah. it's an incredibly personal story because it's so much about these characters who obviously end up being so much of us yeah. that I think like and we have such a silly time writing it it's just like listen what about this silly little thing how about this silly thing happen and we just we spent most of it on zoom writing this silly little thing you know we did meet for like eight months until the final BYMT and so I think like the fact that other people have come to see it and been like, huh, yeah, we like it too. We're like, wait, what? Like, <laughs> but it's so silly. <laughs> We're like, yeah. and it's a silly little thing out of our brains. Like how, why? Cool. Okay. Maybe that means four more people will like it or 10 more people will like it. And it's just kept happening, which is so nice. Yeah. So let's get geeky. You're writing yes. a lot of the show on Zoom. Tell us, how does that work? And also, now that you can indeed meet in person, how does that work? So I feel like you should call this segment Let's Get Geeky with Alex and Kiki. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. Thing? 
It's almost she like is. he writes lyrics. Do you write? Do you write? Sorry. Sorry. Will you write Are you like a professional a little, rhymer? Like, sting or a I'll little... let you have that. Yeah, yeah, I can do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll do a little thing. Let's get geeky. Oh my God, it's so good. Stop. So let's get geeky with Alex and Kiki. I think what is... Um, what I find really nice about the process is because we have these kind of like separate roles within it of obviously like the book, right? Like writing the script and me writing the songs. It's kind of like when we do our Zooms, it's a bit of a like show and tell mm. where we'll we'll sit down and we'll be like, right, what have you got for me? Yeah. And, and then Martha will be like, I've written this scene and this scene. And I'll be like, I've written the start of this song. Like, what do you think? And yeah. so, and th- there is, I think that we both are a little bit competitive in a mm. way in like a yeah, positive no, way are. where we both want to be like if Martha's written a really good scene I'm yeah. like right I've got to write a really and good song and we also I think really respect each other's opinion as well mm. so I'm like if it's not good Jack will tell me and then that means it's bad <laughs> <laughs> yeah and honestly that has been so so what's useful about that is that then we go away and do our own bits kind of by ourselves yeah. and then come back and I guess a lot of the a lot of our like conversations when we're working um when we're, we're on zoom or we're talking in person will be like kind of going through the story beats or yeah, maybe like, like the general character, character mainly. stuff like trying to figure out the general you know um yeah. beats of the story and the character so generally what we do like in the, in the early stages when we were sort of come yeah would be i would say like a weekly zoom or we'll do a weekly like more recently i guess like at the beginning of the year we did the bulk of the writing i would say um january to april this year yeah um because we had our workshop in may we knew that was coming up we had like something rough um that we'd done at a workshop in 2022 um that we liked some of and we liked a lot of the songs from but we like wanted to do a really quite vast rework of and so yeah we had a very intense few months um where we'd generally have like a day's writing in the week and then we'd go away and do lots of work on our own which would involve normally jack sending me like he'd put a song in our soundcloud like demo soundcloud and i would listen to him like give him some notes um and then also what's fun as well is like obviously we have our separate departments but because so much of what we're doing is like making this kind of story in this world together it means that certain element elements of it definitely as we've like gone on have like ended up being more collaborative which is really nice yeah i mean i've obviously still not written a single lyric um, <laughs> won't claim well. to have ever done that but it's in like <laughs> things like um so many of the songs are so personal and likewise with the book so, so much of the book is it's based on these characters we've created together. So yeah, it's great. It ends up being. Yeah. And I think because you're, you're a, a really musical person mm. and you have quite a musical brain and I'm, I'm like, I've written book on like shows before that I've written. So I think about story a lot. It's just like naturally very collaborative and we have opinions about those things and it really, yeah. And also just... crucially, we have the same, we have, we have the same taste. Yeah. Like we have the same sense of humor and because babies is like ultimately a comedy. Um, yeah, <laughs> I would say. I hope people are. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It's, yeah. It's a comedy, which you have to have the same sense of humor, otherwise you're just going to get nowhere. And the voices are going to be different. You know, you can't go from a scene where three people are talking into a song where three people are singing and the, the sense of humor would be different. It just wouldn't work. So speaking of music, mm. we've got two songs, obviously, to yes. listen to today. The first one is the opening number yes. called baby 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 yeah where in this writing process because we've kind of taken us to almost to where we are today where did that when was that born oh another one one. (laughs) Um, uh, and yeah and then also give us a little bit of context as to what we can expect in listening to the song yeah it wasn't one of the original songs when we did our pitch it really came i feel like it's a good example of the way that we work yeah baby 
Uh, yeah, well, I'm interested to to hear your perspective on this story. Uh, so it basically it came after we if after we'd pitched and we'd we'd got oh, accepted like for it, BYMT. I, I don't think it was that you didn't like it, but I think that we it was one of those interesting ones where we had a lot of discussions about whether it felt right for the story. Yes, because uh, about uh, them being excited. Because the song is like about them being really excited about yes, babies. We had a lot we of conversations know how about how we wanted to start it. We didn't know if they were going to be like as excited about the baby project at the beginning or whether they were going to be a bit like, mm, Ugh, what do we have to do? Gross. Because we're like, maybe that's how teenagers would be. And um, also some of them end up being like that. So we were, we wanted an ensemble number where everyone had the same feeling, but didn't have the same opinion. Mm. Yes. And because the chorus is like, everyone so being like, uh, yeah, together. We're like, does the, is this, is this quite right? Sometimes and- what happens is Jack wakes <laughs> up in the morning and there's a bop in his head. Yeah. And I, I, was, I think at the end of the day, I was like, I, th- there's no way that we can take the song out of the show. No, 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 no.
What that song does so well is it sums up the feeling of the show that you were talking about, but it also introduces us as the audience to the style of the music of the show. And my God, are we happy to go along with it afterwards? <laughs> I mean, watching the workshop, uh, the you know, you've, it's like boy band, like early noughties boy band, but also incredibly current in terms of pop. And you just feel yourself being immersed in that. And then you could really take us anywhere, you know, <laughs> from that initial part. How, how do you get the feeling of the show into a musical number like that? I think for me, the starting point was always what we talked about, about this idea of um, teenage uh angst and energy and the we've talked a lot about the show feeling like a pressure cooker in yeah. that it's like building and building and building and building as the show goes on and then we have this like moment of the release of all the pressure at the very end of the show spoilers no spoilers i'm <laughs> um, not gonna say what it is um and so uh, like a big part of of what i of what i wanted to achieve musically with that was to like how do you how do you kind of get that feeling of of that intensity and that energy and that that kind of angstiness. And my starting point on that really was like going back to the kind of music that I was listening to when I was like 14, 15, 16, uh, which is a lot of like indie rock and kind of uh, punk pop, that kind of thing. Um, so it's a real, like the starting point was a real like combination of like Busted and Paramore and My Chemical Romance oh, and yeah. Panic at the Disco and all of that kind of thing. Um, I think the other the, the other part of this is like obviously like um the musical I've been writing before this 42 balloons is like an 80s pop musical and I was like very keen to write something that sounded quite different in a kind of musical style because really like the music of this show is much more personal to me in terms of the kind of stuff that I would listen to normally so I was quite 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 clear that I wanted it to sound quite different and in quite a different musical world so it was really about finding that sound which I think is like very much in the guitars and in the drums and in the the bass like the kind of like live rock sound um and i uh play all of those instruments a little bit to some extent so and, and i've played in bands in the past and stuff so i have quite a clear idea about how i want those things to sound um so that was really the starting point and then it's just a case of like thinking with a bit more intention about like which you know where where like the the more like angsty rocky song is going to be and where the more like poppy song is going to be and trying to figure out what each character sounds like within the world and I think especially in this show because we really wanted each character to to be their kind of like distinct person as opposed to being like these are the two leads and everyone else is just like ensemble so then it's a case of trying to make sure that we give everyone their like musical moment um as much as possible and you can't you can't have like nine leads in a show really there's always going to be some kind of some characters that we focus on a little bit more than others but trying to make sure that everyone has their own musical moment and then that each song really feels like uh mm. it belongs in its own world for that character i didn't realize you played so many instruments so it does not surprise me because <laughs> yeah. you, you are a musical genius but break Thank that you. down going back to our geeky section what actually does writing music look like to you because we've spoken to a lot of composers some people write on a piano some people just actually don't write sheet music at all and do voice notes and just it just play an instrument if you break it down you know you wake up with that bop in your head how do you get it out yeah, so I am very much a computer um, like demo maker. That's the way that I, that I generally function. So I use Logic. Uh, I used to use Cubase and I did a switch from Cubase to Logic. I feel like it was all of this show was written. This is a big announcement. All of this show <laughs> was written uh, on Logic, in Logic. 
Um, and it was really like the transition moment. I like just got a Mac. So I transitioned from like a Windows laptop to a Mac laptop and I, and I got Logic. So my very first demos for this were like really, they look terrible because I was still trying to figure out how to use Logic. <laughs> um, uh, and it is a little bit different and that's, that's always like a tricky thing. But basically it's a case of, um, I have my like USB keyboard that I plug into my laptop and um, if I have an idea for like what the groove of the song is then I can go in and create like you know virtual guitars virtual bass virtual drums and a lot of the demos for this show I'm trying to make like a band arrangement essentially of the song so I'm playing in a drum part literally playing in the drums on the keyboard um, playing in a bass part like the same way like playing in playing guitar parts in uh, and a keyboard part in and then maybe if there's like other bits to it then I might add those in as well um, although interestingly with this show, as opposed to some other things that I've worked on, I've, I've like, the arrangements have been much more live, like a big part of what, um, Joe Baton, who's our music supervisor. And I've talked about a lot is like trying to root everything in a kind of live sound and have as little kind of like synth elements as possible. So we do have some strings and some kind of like orchestral percussion elements at times, but it's, um, it's not, uh, really like a, as synthy as some of the other things that we've worked on. Um, so yeah, making demo tracks, basically I'll like sing in the, the, the vocals. And if there's like harmonies, I'll like sing in harmonies. I'm, I'm not, um, I'm not a trained, I didn't study music or anything. So it's very much like all by ear, but the more that I write, the more I've had to learn a bit of theory. You mentioned there about having that live sound. One of the things that struck me with the workshop, um, is that, it was probably one of the most advanced workshops I've ever seen in terms of you had full on choreo, you'd fully staged scenes, uh, you didn't have set, but you had sort of uh, the equivalent of drama blocks to like to make the sense of how the stage would look. And you had a live band, microphones, sound design. Tell us about the decision making process behind that workshop, because I think it really helped us as the audience to know what it would look like on a huge stage. There's not many chances you're given when you're developing a new musical to share it with people. And we just kind of were like, let's just do it as well as we possibly can in this church hall. And what does that involve? And what needs to be prioritized? And it was about prioritizing, making the music sound as good as it should. Um, and as good as like we know that it is um and about I suppose the staging was all there to um give a sense again of like the feel of the show which is that it's very fast moving and it never stops and we don't let the audience breathe um and that meant having the cast on stage all the time having this kind of sense of like um movement constantly in the scenes in the scene transitions yeah it, we were just kind of like look let's like do it as well as we possibly can because why the hell not <laughs> i think it really speaks to our producers as well to yeah. to and their, their kind of instincts about what you need to do in order to sell a show yeah. and, and what you need, what is necessary in order to get the audience to that place of being able to see it on a, on a, on a big stage, you yeah. know, because that it, it would be very easy for them to be like, oh, you know, we don't want to spend all this money on yeah. like a, a, a good sound designer and a five piece band and all these things. Like we don't need those things really. Um, but I think they from from their experience like really understood like okay this is what we need at this and, stage and also like it is so nice that they love it as much as we do yeah. and they want it they want people to get it 
just as much as we want people to get it. And I think, yeah, that thing of like, what we keep describing with this like intangible thing of like what we think the feeling of babies is. Um, we, at every opportunity, we just wanna try and articulate that as best as possible um, through how we present it to an audience. Um, and yeah, it's always with the, with the developmental stages that we've had so far, which have like taken a step up every time, um, you know, the lyric kind of being the next one, it is always about like, how do we convey this material and these stories in these world to an audience with the, with the space, with the time that we have, how can we do that to the best of our ability? Um, you know, for like, for the workshop we had, we figured out we had like three days to stage it and it was just like right here we go guys strap in um I yeah think i don't also... think i sat down or had a sip of water <laughs> for like five days i think that also speaks to your experience as a director <laughs> though and and that kind of is your superpower is being able to stage <laughs> things in a very short space of time that like not ev- anyone can do that but you can so that's why yeah. well i assume I during it. that workshop things were continuing to develop and that there might have still been rewrites happening you know what that's actually another thing that i would say about our process is not really. Okay. Yeah, me and Jack do a lot of the workshopping ourselves um, because we sort of, the first workshop we did, we had a f- we had five days and obviously I'd like done R&Ds before and I'd done workshops before where we'd done a lot of like playing in the room, a lot of this, and we weren't actually even gonna do a showing at the end of that. And then we thought, you know what? Like we've got these, we had like an amazing cast in 2022. We were like, we should be showing bits of this to people. Like we should be seeing what people think because we always say like babies is so much about its audience um, and every opportunity we have to share it, we should to see what people think. Um, And in that one, you know, we spent a couple of days discussing and rewriting and restaging. And then, so therefore what we had at the end was like pretty scrappy. It was like scripted. I mean, it was like by all accounts for workshop, it was was fine. It was like 45 minutes of material, but it was like, you know, script in hand, not really staged, like just sharing the material. And actually we just thought we have an opportunity here in May to like actually put on the full show. We have the full draft. And so we just put the work in ourselves prior to rehearsals um, to have this like full, fully formed thing. Um, again, our producers are amazing. We had a, they organized a read through a week out. So even when we're done all that work and we were like, it's finished, not a word will change. We then heard it out loud and we were like, oh, that scene is needs trimming or that scene needs slightly reworking. Um, but in terms of structure, we are like, um, what word would you use? <laughs> Meticulous. Meticulous. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, perfect. Yeah. yeah. We are like absolute structure fiends. Like we will not stop until there are no holes. You want to see like the, the show in its best possible form and then realize that it's not done yet. Um, but you can't realize it's not done yet until you've done everything you can to make it done. Like we truly believe we were like, oh my God, it's perfect. That not a word will change. The audience will love it. Can't believe we finished it forever. And then obviously we watch it and we're like, well, that's absolutely wrong. And we spent another three months doing like, we would we would say now looking back, that was like 75, 80% there. Mm. We now hope that maybe we're like 95% there. Um, so we've made quite significant changes, even from something that we had agreed was finished. Um, and I just don't think, uh, that's how I see, um, for me on this show particularly, the best use of workshop time is to like make the show, think it's perfect, realize you're wrong. So structure-wise, are mm. you talking hero's journey? What 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 are you talking about when you say structure? Well, I, so this is interesting, mm. and this is kind of like what we're, I feel like we were kind of getting to before. Um, I feel like babies as a musical is is like quite unconventional in the way that mm. um, it isn't like 
you know, you go and see Wicked and Alphaba pops up and you're like, right, she's the hero. And she comes on stage and sings her I want song. And you're like, right, we're going to follow, we're going to follow her on this quest because we, we have these nine characters and that, and we're all like following their kind of separate journeys. Um, like one of the the writing challenges in a way is like, how do you get all these characters to go on their separate journeys? And it still feels like a narrative that you're following, but like even our, our lead character, I guess we call her our lead character, yeah. Leah, she doesn't, uh, she doesn't appear on stage and be like, I'm going to be the best parent around because that's just not like the way that teenagers actually are. Right. So yeah. it's like telling teenagers it- don't talk about what they want yeah. <laughs> even to their own brains. Yeah. 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 And, and one of the big challenges of that is that in musical theater, that's like what heroes do all the time is they're like, mm. this is what I want to do and follow me on this journey. So it's really, it's really, um, kind of unconventional in that sense. And I think, um, the structurally that's why it's been a challenge in, in many ways really the journeys that they go on all their arcs are like psychological i guess mm. it's like they go from one like yeah they go from like one psychological state to and, and a lot of the like drama is based on a result of that like miscommunication um lack of empathy um taking things too personally um, not to judge our characters, but like, <laughs> you know, those and, and all our characters are hopefully very lovable, but also deeply flawed because they haven't learned how to be people yet. They're learning. We're watching them learn. And so the, the, the kind of hope is that that's what you end. That's what you get to do is watch these characters like grow and deepen and learn about themselves over the course of the piece. But yeah, that makes like the actual, I suppose, like tangible action it's all quite internal and it's all quite like situational, I guess. It's in, it's in many ways a situational comedy. As an audience member in that workshop, I really got that sense of an ensemble and I, I loved that about the show. And I'm by no means <laughs> comparing it stylistically, but it works very much like Spring Awakening mm. in that you are so invested in how these people intertwine and um, seeing where their similarities and differences are. And I think that comes together in the next song we're listening to, Hot Dad, where you get a group of people coming together to, to mm -hmm. talk. So give us a little bit of context for Hot Dad and then we'll have a listen. So Hot Dad is basically the song where the dads of the class uh, realize that their new babies that they are looking after have made them very attractive to their fellow <laughs> classmates. And it's all about yeah. them realizing that now they are fathers, they are hot. <laughs> I'm in the classroom after school and I see you smiling at me. Oh, oh. I guess you must have liked the way that I've been changing this nappy. Oh, oh. Oh, extra pills all in the car. Check the temperature, not too hot. Then you tell me that this is what you're looking for. See the way that I catch you right when I'm singing a lullaby. You've been waiting to meet a guy who's more mature. I used to be useless, no confidence or responsibility, but
useless My PS4 was all I'd ever know Exasperated all of the time The endless screaming makes me feel like committing a crime But then I overhear you tell your friends That you think that I'm such a hot dad So much of the comedy in the show is about like how actual parents actually are when they have newborns or like how teenagers think parents are when they have newborns or like, yeah. you know, some of the some of the comedy in the show hopefully would like sit well in the mouths of adults as well. Um, I think, yes. And and like not to get too deep, but this is a podcast where we're talking about writing the show. So yeah. might as well. I think that with with that song, like a big um, like a big part of, of what interested me about it is that how dads especially can be seen as like attractive for like just simply being a parent and doing the most like basic stuff and it's seen as like an attractive thing when a when a man is like holding a baby whereas a woman holding a baby is like well that's just normal that's just a normal thing that they do uh there's a kind of hypocrisy there that i think um we don't necessarily like explicitly explore it in the song but it's definitely like a, a kind of key theme of wanting to write the song so tell us more about the comedy i mean you 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 proudly describe the show as a comedy <laughs> i think also one of the things um is that it's a fantastic comedy because it also makes you feel a lot of different things you know you're watching it and you go on those journey with those teenagers and you remember perhaps cringingly your own teenage years <laughs> yeah. and the growth points that you had how do you achieve that perfect venn diagram of emotion and comedy together yeah i, I always think that comedy is like the perfect way to make an audience fall in love with characters in the first place i think it's a great vehicle for making um, audiences, um, for moving audiences, um, you know, to make them laugh for the first two thirds and then make them cry is kind of the dream or to make them laugh and then cry 
straight away <laughs> and or then like, laugh again and then laugh again and then yeah, cry yeah. again and then cry again <laughs> that's the dream um but ultimately and, laugh yeah what, what, what's that great thing you say jack about uh comedy is surprise yeah comedy is surprise comedy is I like say it all the time. yeah comedy is surprise <laughs> yeah um you, you do you, yeah, yeah. You, i think you say you said you said it a lot recently and previous to that i don't think i'd ever heard it before but I was, yeah I, I love it i didn't because, come up with it i, just no, 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 clear. I don't know who said it first <laughs> jack's but, invented this concept. Yeah, I just invented a new um, theory comedy for me is lives in the same world as music um which is why i like it so much um I've always, my favorite way of writing dialogue has always been a sort of like I'm writing music, like the beats of it. And that's why, again, I'm, I'm so meticulous with the book um, is, and like we'll spend hours and hours and hours on like one line because the rhythm and the beat of it um, has to A, flow in the same way that the music flows because the music has its own comic beat. But I just think the the comedy of this nature kind of is like music and I find that when I'm directing it as well um but when I'm writing it um and I think if you if you hit the beats of it right and uh like we were saying before it's it is kind of situational and that or it's character comedy so we like set up these characters quite boldly quite early on and then it means that like they don't have to actually say a joke to then be funny it's all about like oh that's classic so and so oh that oh she would say that and like again the element of surprise of like whoa i wasn't expecting that person in that scene um yeah playing off of the kind of character comedy tropes of it all and then suddenly being like ha i know you've been laughing at this dude the whole time but turns out he's got feelings <laughs> and then you now care <laughs> um so yeah finding and that all fits into the whole thing of like character arc and structure and where do you reveal someone's vulnerabilities and you don't want to do it at the same time for all the characters you know we've got characters who sort of get together we've got some romantic arcs over the course of the show like that's been a very like um tricky decision the whole way through of like well where do we reveal that pairing and where do we reveal that pairing and where do they fall out and how can we subvert expectation and make that funny where we thought it was going to be sad um, we've had like many long arguments about when characters are going to kiss yeah example, oh yeah yeah like, yeah they can't it can't happen too soon yeah yeah but yeah. it can't happen too and they late. can't kiss in the same scene and like trust me trust me trust yeah. me they shouldn't kiss here and it's just like <laughs> fictional teenagers yeah. and we're literally being like listen to me right now <laughs> if you think they'd kiss here you are out of your mind <laughs> well yeah. it sounds like though you you alluded to the fact that the current version is probably about 95% there. I mean, we've also mentioned the lyric, <laughs> but not specifically discussed yeah. what this next step is. Yeah. Beyond that. Great. Yeah, we're doing, um, so we're very excited. Um, we're doing three nights at the Lyric Theatre in the West End. Um, we're calling it a staged concert, um, but it is in effect a production without a set, I would say. So we're going to have uh, sort of... Uh, it's going to be the full show. Um, it's going to be sort of semi-staged. Again, live band on stage. Um, this cast of nine, we've got an amazing cast. Um, we've got six people coming back from the workshop that we did in May, which we're very excited about. Um, and then we've got three amazing new people joining us as well. Um, we've slightly expanded the creative team. We're playing with a slightly different movement world. Um, yeah, and it's it's... We're just we're just so excited to share it with a public audience. This will be the first time that this, which is strange because I feel like May really felt like we were giving it a real outing, but it was just a, a relatively small invited audience in a church hall. So to be doing it a in a theatre 
and B, for a public audience, many of whom don't know us, don't know the material, um, don't know the characters, um, are just coming along to the theatre is so exciting. We are so ready to share it. Um, so yeah, that's and that's it's in November, it's in a few weeks. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think that this whole, the part of the process of doing a staged concert to develop a new musical is like becoming a, a quite a popular thing. Mm. You know, like I did it last year with 42 Balloons. Um, it's it's such a great, I think it's so important to be able to put your work in front of audiences. Yeah. Because musicals don't really exist until there's people watching them, I think, because then, you know, and the way that you have applause breaks and everyone claps and the way that you end your your show or you end your your like our show is, is one act but if you have a, a two-act show the way you end act one all of these things is like part of the the journey that we're all going Audience on teaches you so much so this is really like since ipswich which was in many ways like a, a very very different musical i don't really know that mm. there, there are you know maybe three characters who are yeah who are and kind like of the same songs. and four songs yeah. and everything else is different so it's really like our first chance with this new version of the show yeah to see what people think yeah yeah and also like sort of what i said before just like any chance to have an audience in front of this show for just like people to see it experience it maybe enjoy it hopefully be moved have a laugh it's just like then a laugh it's just and then a cry and then a laugh is um it's just like such such a dream and ambitions beyond the lyric i just want as many people to see this show as possible um and whatever form that ends up taking um, that's what it will always be about for me is just like how many people can we get these, this story and these characters who we have like, um, put so much time and care and love into, um, and like also, you know, what with it like being a song full of so many bops, <laughs> um, which I can say cause I didn't write them. <laughs> um, just like that's, I think that's also the fun thing about musicals that people can also like take that away with them. You know, we've got a few online at the moment, I think just as many people as we can share this with and bring into the world of these characters, um, the the better. So that's kind of, yeah. Yeah, we'd love to do a full production after this, I think, yeah. and, and kind of where that would be, we don't really know. And it's, yeah. I guess it, we just see how, see yeah. how it goes, <laughs> the yeah. lyric. But yeah, obviously that that's the dream. Making a Musical is produced and hosted by Alex Jackson and Kiki Stevenson for The Other Palace. If you enjoyed this episode, subscribe and rate the podcast wherever you're listening to help us share new British musical theatre with audiences all around the world. You can submit your new musical to be featured on the podcast at theotherpalace.co.uk. That's it from us. Join us next time for more Making Making a a Musical, musical, the the future future of British British musical musical theatre.